Well, yeah, you know, as much as I grew up here in the city, I also grew up in the mountains, I would say, and and on the water here. Um, my parents came to California as outdoors people in the late 60s. Um, and there was a whole wave of those people. It was a lot smaller than, let's say, the, you know, the hippie summer of love sort of wave. But the uh, climbing scene and the backpacking scene in the Sierras produced a lot of very interesting personalities and a lot of businesses, you know. That was Bowen Dwelly. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from writers, entrepreneurs, volunteers, and San Franciscans from all walks of life, telling stories, sharing personal histories, and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. Welcome to episode 43, part two. In part one, Bowen shared the story of his youth running paper routes, skateboarding, going to school in an open-air drug market, and the odd disappearance of a high school friend. In this podcast, he talks about leaving San Francisco and what brought him back, some jobs he's had, the memoir he's writing, living in a van, and his newest adventure, being a life coach with Second Sight, a company he founded. Here's Bowen. Did you ever leave San Francisco? Have I ever left San Francisco? No, no, did did you go back? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I did from time to time. Um, I left, well, during college, I went to Italy for a year. I did a year abroad there with the UC Education Abroad Program, fantastic program. Um, and and then when I graduated from Cal, local boy, local schools, I moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan to take a job there that I had tracked down. And... Um, so I ended up living for different reasons in the Midwest, in different different places here and there. So I lived in Ann Arbor, I lived in Madison, Wisconsin, I lived in Minneapolis, uh, lived in Seattle for a little bit. But the fact is, definitely most of the years of my life, my address, and you know, I've lived here in San Francisco. Um, a lot of the time, you know, I have traveled quite, been you know, been traveling quite a lot in a lot of those years. So it, you know. Some of those years, I was only here like half the time, let's say. But but yeah, mostly I've lived here. What brought you back after after living all those other places? Um. Well, what brought me back? Um. I was in grad school in Wisconsin, in um, in uh, two thousand three or two thousand four or something like that, um, and that was kind of my personal sabbatical sort of retirement that I took for myself after my first career um, I went back to grad school and uh, while I was living there and before I finished that program I came out here to San Francisco for a long weekend or something like that to visit some friends and I ran into an ex-girlfriend on the street in Hayes Valley and we started talking and then we went to dinner, and I went home, or to where I was staying that night, and I had this idea, I thought to myself, what if I proposed to her? <laughs> she would probably say yes. Okay. 
is that a good idea? No, that didn't occur to me, really. It's just, you know, how these things happen. It's like you get an idea, and then you realize it's possible, and so you get kind of, I got kind of fixated, or, you know, I just, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to call her back, and, you know, see her the next night, and propose, and I did. She said yes, and so I abandoned my grad school program, moved back to San Francisco, and we shacked up, and um, we did not get married. And it didn't really go very well. It was a mistake. It was a straight-up error. But that's what brought me back to San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, you could say, like, San Francisco is your muse, but it took the form of this ex-girlfriend for, for a minute. That's interesting, yeah, because, you know, so many of my memories and, and my, yeah, my my even my relationships with people here are also attached to a place. And that's that's also just how I think. I studied geography in undergrad and, and urban planning in, in grad school. And, you know, when I think of running into that ex at that, in, at that time, you know, it was on Hayes Street in Hayes Valley. The sun was out. You know, it was placed in a very specific neighborhood in San Francisco. And... Like when I drive around or walk around or bicycle around or anything around the city, it's just full, right? It's full of memories in in specific places. It's it's a map. It's a map of memories. It's amazing. Okay. So, but that to the extent that you, that you are currently living in San Francisco, which I know is I'm has not a bunch really. of asterisks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After yeah. It, but, uh, would uh-huh. that would that have been kind of that turning point where where you kind of kind of came back and kind of made this your home base or yeah yeah okay. it was um, that was in the yeah early two thousands and I took a place in Petro Hill at the time it was like this grown up neighborhood right as I thought of it where I had always wanted to live and um, it was a fantastic neighborhood and so I lived there for ten years um, and then about five years ago I moved to Sausalito which you know, I'm not going to try to convince anybody it's part of San Francisco. But if you grew up on the waterfront, which I did in in many ways, um, and if you're aware, you know, of the history of the Bay um, and the maritime history and the history of Sausalito, et cetera, it, it is very much um, a very a close-in relative of, of San Francisco. It's not a far-flung, you know like not san francisco at all it's very close in and um so yeah i moved to i moved to sausalito about five years ago um and uh i don't live there anymore either have have you been (laughs) wearing all these hats wearing all these hats yeah and what are the hats um let's see i mean my i had i had a a first career that that ended in like around 2000 2001 and it was in the very early days of tech here in san francisco i worked at wired i worked for wired magazine or really for the for the digital side the hot wired you know website stuff and it was super early days of the internet and um as a kid who grew up you know around computers it was it was a really interesting place to be I started a business as there was, well, anyway, after that, I started this conference. It was a very obscure sort of business to end up in. 
but I started a conference. It was successful enough to become a business. And um, I, I ran that business until 2015 when I sold it. I was able to sell the business. Um, and so the more recent hats, I guess, you know, have started, have come about since then, right? Since then. And, um, you know, I, I said writer, um, and I, I have been writing a lot, and I'm, I, you know, I, I'm practicing as a writer. Um, that's something that I've only started to, to say really this year. And it's something that I've, I've finally, that I've, I've come back to now, um, that I had lost track of, but that I was aware of as a very young person, really at the, like as a teenager that I wanted to be a writer eventually. What kind of stuff are you writing? It's, um, I would say memoir. Yeah. Is, you know, is the genre and, um, you know, that's stories loosely based or, you know, sort of departing from some part of my life. Right. It's, you know, not an effort to, uh, write an autobiography um but uh yeah do you want people to like do you want people to read your writing already and is there a way for people to do that i i some of it some of it most of what i write and when you know i'm writing i find it most productive to not be thinking about people reading it um for for the most part so most of what i write is material that will you know eventually go into a book i hope but I do publish some stuff on my own site, which is bowendwelly.com. You are very much an outdoor person. So what kind of stuff are you are you doing? Tell us all about sure, all sure. of that stuff. Yeah. And your van. Come on, your van. <laughs> there we Let's go. Let's talk the about van. your van. Right. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, you know, as much as I grew up here in the city, I also grew up in the mountains, I would say, and, and on the water here. Um, my parents came to California as outdoors people in the late 60s um, and there was a whole wave of those people it was a lot smaller than let's say the you know the hippie summer of love sort of wave but the uh, climbing scene and the backpacking scene in the Sierras produced a lot of very interesting personalities and a lot of businesses you know Esprit, Patagonia um the Gap, Banana Republic, many companies, many of these garment companies came out of that era and they were all started by friends who figured out how to manufacture clothing overseas. Your friends? Well, my parents, Your parents and friends. their friends. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, it was this interesting combination for me of growing up in the city. Like I said, we got real good at, you know, riding muni, skateboarding, and smoking dope, let's say. Those are like your top three skills as a teenager in San Francisco, you know. And at the same time, uh, <laughs> at the same time, I had, you know, I learned to, to climb in Yosemite when I was eight or nine years old. And I learned to sail on the bay when I was eight or nine years old. Um, and so I had a really deep foundation of outdoor skills that, yeah, most kids, most people for that matter, don't have from a very young age and I um you know that served me from the beginning and and uh, throughout my life I've um I've spent a lot of time outdoors and doing various outdoor sports and activities and that sort of thing um and that that yeah that continues to be the case M- more so even more so in my 40s than ever before 
with that freedom that you said 2015 or whatever it was that after selling your business that's part of it although um i mean i used to you know i had a pager back in the day and the the pager was programmed to this wind sensor thing so that when the wind got to 20 miles an hour it would send me a page and i could you know oh i gotta go right i'd leave the office and go to go windsurfing so um i've always <laughs> prioritized living well you know and and freedom and over maximizing what might come out of i don't know the world of uh you know the the office and um but yes, I I have certainly now uh, earned a, another degree of freedom these days, and especially since this summer when I gave up my apartment and moved into my van, mm-hmm. especially since then, now I really have the freedom to go anywhere and to stay anywhere. And here's an interesting thing that a lot of people don't think about when they maybe think about you know, the van life or going mobile or home free, as some of us call it, um, is that, you know, you don't always have to be on the move, right? You have the freedom to go, but you also have the freedom to stay wherever you feel like staying. If the confines are friendly, which around <laughs> here, a lot of, a lot of mar, a lot of mart. You mean in the city? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I I don't over the past few months I haven't really spent much time in cities at all, and um, yeah, when I'm here in town, you know, I'm staying with friends. You know, it's 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 a different thing to sleep in your van in a city uh, than it is out in the wilderness. It just feels different. Uh, I mean, not just in terms of the environment, but you feel socially, you, you feel the perception very acutely i think very quickly you know if you you step out of your van on the street it's like i'm a guy living i'm that guy that lives in his van you know versus like oh i'm living the mobile lifestyle it's it's very interesting how it depends on the surroundings what do you love about san francisco san francisco is definitely one of the most physically beautiful cities um that i know of and i've been to many many in the world, uh, and certainly in, you know, in the U S it's, it's definitely one of the most, I'd say the most livable city in the United States. The combination of the geography, the weather, although I'm sweating here in this little corner of the Sanchez street stairs. Um, for me, that's it. It's the physical environment. And I, I know I hear that a lot, you know, from people that live here or move here. You know, people don't move here for the cultural scene, let's say, first of all. You know, they they move here to be on the West Coast, to be in California. Of course, for the jobs and the economy. Um, but, you know, just like my parents' generation, they moved here for the environment. That was it. That was it. And proximity for, for them, too, everything that surrounds us yeah yeah sure sure to the mountains and that sort of thing but i tell you what i mean really it's not super close i mean it's four hours you know to get to the sierras is four hours to the east you got to cross the central valley and every time i cross that valley in the summer i think this is not where i want to be when the zombie apocalypse hits you know when that big one cracks all the freeways open and we're all stuck on the 505 or the whatever it is in 106 degree heat 
and you're just not going anywhere for who knows how long, that's not where you want to be. Definitely freaks me out. <laughs> so it makes it a little bit hard to come and go from San Francisco for me. <laughs> you know, the other, the other hat that I'm wearing these days, um, yeah, I mentioned coaching, right? And, and the, the reason that I came to that, I mean, I've done a lot of consulting and business. I've done a lot of, you know, I've done some sort of business advising and that sort of thing. But anyway, the reason I came to pursue coaching from a personal point of view is, is my own experience, you know, starting way back in high school, um, with all the drugs and alcohol that was part of life here, part of my life going back to the age of like 11, 10, 11, 12, right here, right here on these steps. Um, and that has been part of my life really throughout my life. Um, and, and just how it took me so long to, to realize the impact that that had on me, the real impact that it had and that it was still having as an adult, even just, and now I'm just talking about sort of casual drinking, really. Um, and so at some point I decided to stop drinking and, you know, just for my own health, really. And um, not because I was drinking too much, you know, not because I wasn't really drinking very much at that point, um, but because I had gradually become more and more aware both of how much it had affected me as a younger person, but also how much it was still affecting me as an adult and how much it had contributed to a lifetime of depression and anxiety and, you know, a lot of, a lot of doubt, you know, and a lot of, um, a lot of energy really that could have been spent, you know, probably better spent. Right. Um, and so that, you know, just the learning, you know, what I learned, have learned, you know, through all those, all those years, um, that's what brought me to, you know, to want to, you know, help some other folks if I, if I can, just by working with them directly and sharing my experience in that area. That was Bowen Dwelly. Join us next week when we'll hear from musician and recent high school grad Ava Lynch. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. You can find all our episodes on our website, storiedsf.com. While you're there, please help support what we do by going to our store page and choosing from several different pledge levels. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on YouTube now, so please subscribe there as well. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and rate and review the show. And if you have any feedback or have potential guests for us, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.